0: Good morning. morning. First of all, I want to welcome our online community. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, For those of you that are here in person, uh, thank you for being here as well. Uh, My name is Eric. As a brief introduction, uh, I have been part of the Vista community here for uh, about five years. My wife, my three kids, and I, uh, I've had the chance to serve on the worship team some. Uh, This is uh, another an opportunity for me to teach and uh, to share in, in, in other various roles. So uh, it is a privilege to be a part of this community with you. Uh, previous to being at Vista, uh, probably 10 plus years ago, uh, I served in vocational ministry. Uh, and then I found my, my way into serving God in the financial services industry. Uh, so that's what I do now. But glad to be here with you today. Um, We have uh, three major things that we really want to touch on today. All right, so we've got to weave all of these things together. Uh, The first of these three things is today is Palm Sunday. We want to celebrate the triumphant entry of Christ into Jerusalem. Uh, We want to weave that together with this sermon series that we've been doing on Mark Remember, Remarkable, the, the, the sermon series we've been doing. Um, so we're going to be in Mark chapter 6 today. Uh, chapter 6 means that we are we are approaching the 16th chapter. We are making it through all of Mark. And if you think that this is a long sermon series, just be glad that we didn't do the series called Rematheable. There are 28 chapters in the book of Matthew. But we're making it through, we're plowing through, and then the third thing that we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the Red Letter Challenge. Okay? Uh, if you've been following along in the book, uh, today is the last Sunday that we're going to be working through the Red Letter Challenge. Today is go. Okay? We've been doing being and forgiving and giving, uh, serving, and now we're going to talk about going. And to weave all of these three things into one point, the title of the message today is Go, Show, and Tell. Show and Tell. You remember that as a kid, right? I mean, who didn't like Show and Tell? Maybe you were a little nervous to stand in front of people and talk. But other than that, it was exciting. It was a privilege to be the one that was able to bring their item in to show and to tell the class. And the reason why we liked that as kids is because there's something about being able to share with people a little bit about ourselves. Maybe something they don't know. Sharing with them something that we especially value, and allowing others to kind of have a window into our soul. And so when it was your time at Show and Tell, I don't know what you brought, maybe you brought a a soccer ball, and you wanted to stand in front of everyone and say, this is a soccer ball, and I brought it because I play soccer, right? Right? Or, or maybe you brought a, uh, a a football or maybe a musical instrument that you wanted to share. Or maybe you brought a picture or a souvenir from a vacation that you took. You want everybody to know you spent time on the beach that summer. Maybe you brought a Cabbage Patch kid called Lorenzo Donovan Biddle. And he had a little patch of hair on top of his head. It was blonde. And you brought Lorenzo Donovan Biddle. That's very specific. I know. (laughs) You know, I think that we like show and tell so much that I actually think that we as adults should have more opportunity for show and tell. Uh, Let me pitch, let me pitch an idea to you. Okay. I don't know if you're going to like it or not. I don't know if it would fly. I should probably talk to a patent attorney first. But I think it would be fantastic if there was a way, like, to have an online platform for show and tell. So some of the ideas that I'm rolling around in my mind, maybe like, uh, something called like Facebook. Where you could actually put pictures of things. You could put you could put pictures of the vacations that you've taken, the, the beautiful mountain scenes that you've seen, the, the beautiful beach. You could even take pictures of your, your food, your your breakfast and your lunch and your dinner. I know who you are. Some of you do that instagram that would be a great idea too. think about it like it's not like a telegram but it's instant it's an instagram or a twitter twitter is what i'm thinking you know you could tweet this makes sense you tweet show and tell for teenagers and adults i think it's a pretty good concept you know we like to talk about ourselves and i don't actually think that's all bad I think there's part of that that is actually good and godly. I, I think it's a desire to be known. In fact, I want to talk about three different reasons why we love to show and tell. The first reason is because it creates a relational connection. It creates a relational bridge. When we reveal something about ourselves, it gives somebody else the opportunity to know us. Certainly, God is a God who reveals himself. He has revealed himself through creation, through His church. He reveals himself through Scripture. He reveals himself through uh, Jesus. You spend time in prayer and in his word and he reveals himself. He longs to reveal himself. In fact, one of the interesting things about the Garden of Eden is once Adam and Eve found themselves in a place of sin, once they had fallen, the first thing they do is hide themselves. I think there's actually something good about sharing something about yourself because you're trying to say, look, I want to have a relational connection with you. The second reason I think show and tell is actually great is that it, it, it we're, we're trying to benefit the hearer. They're, we're trying to benefit the listener. Here's what I mean by that: if if I go in into Columbus and I find a brand new pizza place that is amazing, the best pizza I've ever had, I'm going to tell you for two reasons. Maybe three. The first reason is that I want you to know that I had a great experience. I want, I want you to have a window into my soul. At the same time, I'm telling you because I want you to taste and see that this pizza is good. You've got to go. This pizza has changed my life. It will change yours. Okay, that's a little dramatic maybe. The third reason that we tell people about that amazing thing, that the third reason why we want to show and tell is because we want to benefit or promote the subject. Here's what I mean by that. Let's say that pizza place really is that amazing. But maybe you want to reward them a little bit. The service was so great the culture was great. It, maybe you happen to know the owner and you want him to be promoted or her to be promoted. Maybe you know that they are people who contribute to human flourishing and they, they, they give a portion of what they have away to ministry efforts or to those in need. And so we sometimes show and tell. We sometimes talk about experiences because we want to promote The subject. So we love to show and tell. And it's good to show and tell. I want to just briefly recap for you Mark chapters 1 through 5. Before we hit Mark chapter 6 today. You see, the reason why I want to recap this is because the disciples had a front row seat. The disciples had a front row seat. Think about this, okay? Jesus is has called these 12 into himself, and he's walking and talking with them, and they are experiencing some amazing stuff. They get to watch as Jesus teaches and he teaches as one with authority and he teaches with as one with incredible insight. Mark chapter one through five, we hear about the parable of the sower. We hear about the parable of the lamp on the stand. The parable of the mustard seed. And the disciples are amazed and all of the people are amazed at the way that Jesus teaches and the disciples front row seats. Not only is he teaching, but Jesus is healing. He heals Simon's mother. He heals. Uh, he heals the man with leprosy. He heals the man with the shriveled arm. The, the woman who is bleeding for 12 years comes to him, touches his coat and is healed. And the disciples are amazed Jesus is casting out demons. In Mark chapter 1 through 5, we see a man in the synagogue that is possessed. And Jesus releases him, commands the demons to flee. We see a man in a tomb that is full of demons. And Jesus casts out the demons and the demons go into the pigs and the pigs, you know the story. And the disciples are taking all of this in. They're observing all of it. It's amazing. Jesus picks some grain on the Sabbath. He heals someone on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees, the teachers, of the law, begin to dispute with him. But Jesus, with love, with power, with insight, speaks back to them. I mean... If nothing else, the disciples have to have been pretty excited to watch Jesus just dismantle the arguments of the teachers of the law. The disciples had a front row seat to all of this, even as Jesus raised this little girl, Darius' daughter, that was presumed to be dead. I would have loved to have been there. I don't know about you, but I love to just watch. I love to observe. And I wouldn't just be watching Jesus in these moments. But as Jesus was performing these miracles, I would be also looking around at the faces of the people. I would want to know what they're thinking. I would try and figure out what their story was. I would love to watch as they just Watched in amazement and in, and in awe. So the disciples were capturing all of this. They were watching all of this. They were trying to understand what was happening. This, this guy could be the Messiah. And then chapter 6 comes. Mark chapter 6. And I'm going to start reading at verse 7. If you want to open up your, your app or your scripture, you can. Uh, it'll also be on the screen. It says, calling the twelve to him. So this, this word is proskeleo, He is calling them in with him. It is a word that means he's asking them to to draw in into an intimate conversation. He's bringing them into proximity. And as he calls them in, he quietly offers an invitation to them. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Make sure you take at least one, but you don't need an extra one. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off of your feet as a testimony against them. All right, disciples. You've seen it. You've stood around in amazement. You have watched me perform these miracles. Now it's your turn. If you were one of the twelve, how would you react? If you were one of the twelve... How would you react? For me, I'm pretty sure I I love the whole observing thing. I I may have even loved thinking about how I might handle the situation. But as soon as Jesus looks at me and says, all right, it's your turn. I am looking for an exit. I'm looking for that sign right there that says exit. I'm not even kidding. Just last week, I was at a, a worship retreat for the worship and arts department at Deer Creek called Reset 2022. And Tammy was up front, Pastor Tammy, and she had asked, would somebody please pray? And nobody was volunteering. I can't remember if it was for a meal or if it was cl- I don't remember what it was, but I am not even kidding, guys. I am 43 years old. I've been praying in public for a very long time. In fact, I was a vocational pastor. I guess you could say I was paid to pray in front of people. And I did that thing where I'm like, don't make eye contact. And I started feeling really afraid that that wasn't going to work. And this is a confession and this is absolutely true. I'm not fabricating this. I physically started sliding down in my chair. Because there is somebody sitting at the table in front of me and I slid down just out of her view. (laughs) If I were one of the disciples, that's what I would have been doing. Disciples, it's your turn. (laughs) Let me ask this. He's sending us out two by two. Which of these disciples do you want to go with? That, that would have been my next thought. I'd have been like, okay, so I'm looking around at the other disciples. Which one is uh, the best fit for me? And, you know, I, I think the first one I, my, my mind would have gone to would have been Peter. And the reason why is because Peter's bold. He is, he is courageous. And Peter talks a lot. And if he talks a lot, that means I don't have to talk at all. Just let him do the work. The only downside to Peter is that there's a very good chance you don't make it back from that trip if he does the talking. I mean, Peter will... he Classic put-your-foot-in-your-mouth kind of guy, right? So maybe instead I I pick Matthew because Matthew was a tax collector, and so he went door-to-door. He's really good at this sales thing. He's not afraid. Maybe I'd pick John. I mean, John's a... John, John... is like a teacher's pet. He is is the one that is most loved by Jesus. If you don't believe me, just ask John. He'll tell you. Vacation, a backpacking trip. Uh, When I come home from a backpacking trip, I almost have to force my my family... they don't even care that much anymore. I think they I think they sit and look at pictures sometimes to like make me feel good about myself. But usually I can grab at least one as they're walking by and say, hey, come take a look at these pictures. You know, I want them to share the experience. I, I've gotta tell. I can't help but tell. I'm so excited. Bingles fans, any Bingles fans out here? I mean, Bingles fans, uh Andrew, where are you? Bingles fans, I mean, you had a lot to celebrate, right? It, the, the second half of the year, I mean, you made it all the way to the top, the Super Bowl. i that bet Bengals fans were talking this year. Why? Because you can't help. You have to talk about it. Now, there were two games you weren't talking about. The two games you played the Browns. Uh, I myself am a Browns fan. I don't mean to rub it in. Uh, I actually don't know what it's like to have great things to talk about as a fan of NFL football. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. As we look back at Mark chapter 1 through 5, just briefly again, here's what I want to point out. Jesus is going out, he's, he's doing all of these things, and what we find in Mark chapter 1 through 5, people could not help but talk about Jesus. They couldn't help it. I went through yesterday, I took a look, Mark 1 through 5, I found every single time that it said something like that people were amazed and talk, talked talked. The disciples talked to one another. The Pharisees talked to one another about how they were going to kill him. (laughs) Yeah, every time the Pharisees are talking about him, it's never good. The crowds were gathered around him, which implies they had been talking about him 24 times. In five chapters, Mark wants to make sure you know everybody's talking about Jesus Because what he is doing is amazing. What he is doing is compelling. What he is doing is changing everything. He is so disruptive. You cannot encounter Jesus and remain neutral. He's too disruptive. He messes everything up. People could not stop talking about him. And when you experience heaven on earth, you cannot stop talking about it because you can't stop thinking about it. So we come back to these disciples. Were they afraid or were they so compelled that they were ready to share? And let's take a look briefly now at Mark chapter 6, verse 12 to 13. It says this, they went out. They went out. They preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and they healed them. They went out and shared their experience because how could they not? They went out and told their story because how could they not? They may have made mistakes. I'm sure they did. I'm sure it didn't come out as clearly as they wanted it to come out. I'm sure they were wrestling with fears mixed in with this strong, compelling of of God to go out and share. I'm sure. But they did it. They did it. For the benefit of the listeners. Listeners. For the promotion of Jesus, they did it. Well, guess what, folks? In the same way that Jesus called the disciples into himself. In the same way he called them into the huddle, he he asked them to draw near and he warmly spoke to them and warmly offered them an invitation. He offers you the same invitation. He is calling you in, gathering you in. He's speaking gently to you. And he's saying, listen, you have been walking with me. I've spoken to you, you have seen things, you have seen life change, your own heart has been changed, and I want you to go. For some of us, it might feel a little scary, that might be a reaction, others were ready to go. Go, show, and tell. Let me ask this. Where is it you're supposed to go? Go where? And the answer to that is wherever it is that you go, that's where you're supposed to go. Again, Jesus said to the disciples and has recorded in Matthew, just as you go, this, this is what it means to be missional it's simply as you go you're telling people your story it starts by telling it to yourself it starts by reminding yourself of the goodness of god speaking to your soul commanding your soul to receive his truth with your family. You know, as you evangelize or preach, as some of these words uh, are in Scripture, it simply means announcing, proclaiming the good news of Christ. Teenagers, kids, evangelize. uh, Preach to your parents. They need encouragement. Part of the Great Commission for you Is your parents. You have to go make disciples of all nations. That encouragement goes a long way. Parents, husbands, wives, siblings, preach to one another. Proclaim the good news of Christ to one another. As you go and you're in your neighborhood and you're with your friends, tell them the story of how Christ has impacted you. As you go to work. As you go to school. Tell them your story. Go where? Show how. How do we show? We live it. St. Francis of Assisi is is attributed with saying, preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. Let me ask this. Have, are you so full of God that his fruit just shows? Are you so full of his presence? Have you been so impacted by spending time with him that it just shows it just comes out naturally? You are a person of love. You are a person of grace and mercy because you have been with him. Tell what? What do we tell? How you've been impacted. How he has transformed your heart. We sometimes will say something like, wow, that person has such a testimony. I wish I had a testimony like that. Trust me, you don't mean that. That person went through some very, very difficult times to have that kind of testimony. Is it not a testimony to simply say, I was lost in sin? And I was redeemed. I was brought from death to life. I was living in fear and God is slowly by his grace and mercy bringing me out of fear and into freedom. Is that not a miraculous testimony of God's grace and mercy in your life? I'm going to suggest something to you that is going to sound like it completely goes against everything i've just said i'm going to tell you something stop trying to talk about jesus don't don't try to talk about jesus instead position yourself before him Place yourself before his feet. Become so immersed in his love and his mercy and in his grace. Come in as he calls you in. Be with him. Have so many stories of how God is meeting you personally that you can't help but think about it. That you can't help but talk about it. Because you won't be able to help but talk about it. We're going to move into a time of reflection, a few minutes for you to sit in the presence of God among your friends, among your church, and a couple of prompts for you as we sit in his presence together. Perhaps you want to let him remind you of his impact on your life. let him move you to confession and repentance do not feel do not walk away from this moment feeling guilt and shame because you haven't shared enough no believers confess it i'm leading you to christ right in this moment confess it to jesus Tell him that you've fallen short. Experience his forgiveness. Experience his grace. And now that grace is part of your story. Thirdly, let him compel you to go show and tell. God, thank you. Thank you for meeting with us this morning. Thank you for your love. Thank you for calling us in. We open up our hearts and just ask that you, in this moment, would speak to us and transform our hearts.